the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day. Happy 2019 and welcome to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law, one as a Master of the Laws of Taxation Law and the other as a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Law. As such, and because of my training, experience, and interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. And once again, I have to say that I'm so pleased to be able to come to you today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the lovely San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial issues confronting families and small business owners. But I have to say once again, please note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show serves strictly as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and to provide you with an outline of the issues that may help you seek out qualified professional help. Last week, I transitioned from Bankruptcy 101 into taxation law because I wanted to provide some ideas to you all on some of the last-minute things you could do in the waning days of 2018 to possibly lower your tax liability as we all prepare to file our 2018 taxes for the first time this year under the full implementation of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, also known as the TCJA. And because I jumped right into some of the major tax saving strategies without giving a good grounding on the law and its implication, that's what I want to focus on today. I will attempt to give the public policy rationale for and against the TCGA, starting with the Republican, uh, sometimes known as conservatives, but I'm not quite sure this time, their strategy to pass it in a rush last year. And I will use as my resource excerpts from the Wall Street Journal's Guide to the New World of Taxes that was published late in 2017 and early in 2018. And then I'm going to provide some counter-narrative, counter 
perspective from the Economic Policy Institute that is known for its more liberal slash progressive bent, along with some thoughts from the Brookings Institution, which also is left-leaning. So the Wall Street Journal says about the implementation of the TCJA that Republicans seized full control of Congress and the White House And in 2016, after the election, they then used that power to pass the most far-reaching rewrite of the United States tax code since 1986. The $1.5 trillion tax cut was nearly a decade in the making, but it became possible only because the Republicans had taken the reign, and then they deployed their political and procedural muscle to push through a bill uh, through Congress without a single vote from the Democratic Party. They are now hanging their re-election campaign on the new law. This was written before the 2018 election that saw the House shift from Republican to Democrat. But I would say that what is said here is still true because now we're coming up on the 2020 election and this uh TGCA looks like the only winning or big winner for the Republicans other than a recently reorganized criminal bill. So let's get back into what the Wall Street Journal says. The political victories of 2016 and the political prospects of 2018 and now 2020 shaped the tax bill through 2017 and propelled it over the finish line right at the moment when Republicans needed something they could label as a win. They had the votes and the will to do it. President Donald Trump helped set the contours and the Republican legislators filled in the details. Stung by a failed mid-year, that is to say mid-2017, attempt to repeal parts of the American Affordable Care Act that was implemented under uh, former President Obama, Republicans regrouped in the fall on tax policy, which they realized was a safer ground for inter-party consensus. They decided that inaction on taxes wasn't tenable and that a bipartisan compromise was neither uh, possible nor worth much effort. So then they began a strategy of get it done yesterday. Instead, they use a procedure or a process known as budget reconciliation to let them pass a tax bill with simple majorities rather than the normal 60-party vote supermajority in the Senate that would have required support from some Democrats. It came with some constraints, including the requirement that the tax cuts not cost the government anything beyond a decade. To fit this box, Republicans set the individual tax cuts to expire after 2025. And that's a key component that you all, and that is to say all of us need to understand. The tax cuts for corporations are permanent. The tax cuts that may impact individuals, small business, and by that I mean small mom-and-pop business, grocery store businesses, um, they expire after 2025. So it it might appear, and again, I'm speaking for myself, not the Wall Street Journal, that this might have been a bit of a shell game. So let's get back into what the Wall Street Journal says. 
that sunset date and the partisan nature of the law's passage make it inherently unstable. Again, this is the Wall Street Journal saying that this tax bill is inherently unstable. Democrats are already running campaigns to unravel it, and those expirations, such as an expanded deduction for medical expenses, it expires at the end of the preceding year. So again, historically, we have been able to deduct uh, our out-of-pocket expenses for our co-pays when we go to the doctor. That goes away or went away at the end of 2018. Back into the Wall Street Journal. That fact will force Congress to return to tax policy soon. For now, though, it's the law. Crucial decisions that might have divided the Republican Party at other times, such as ending a tax break for college athletes or limiting deductions for business interests, barely registered in the seven-week sprint from the bill's release to its ultimate signing. Seven weeks. And I'm going to share this with you all. I have worked as a lobbyist. Um, My clientele were small business people, some government agencies, and the middle class. And I have never seen a bill get passed in seven weeks because part of the legislative process is to have all sides look at a bill, all sides argue it, sometimes argue it to death, and then reconstruct or resurrect something that most parties can get along with. And it takes a whole lot longer than seven weeks. Back into the Wall Street Journal. By the time Republicans finished the bill in December of 2017, the prevailing sentiment inside the party was, get it done yesterday. The idea of dragging the tax debate out to 2018, to the election year in 2018, was a non-starter. So that's the rationale the underlying basis from the Republican slash so-called conservative point of view, which I don't think even the Wall Street Journal considered to be conservative. So now let's look at it from the other side. And I use as my resource here uh, a more liberal-leaning Economic Policy Institute. They looked at the same piece of legislation and back in November of 2017 said, enacting tax cuts that overwhelmingly favored the wealthy over the average worker is not a good idea. They say the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, again, TCGA, signed into law at the end of 2017, provides a permanent cut in corporate income tax rate, but it will do very little to help the normal, working, middle class. And so I'm going to hone in on that. But first, we're going to take a short break, and then I'll come back and discuss the other side's position. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. 
as we continue our discussion on the public policy rationale for and against the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Um, I've already given you a short synopsis of the Republican slash conservative strategy to get it passed. And now for some view from the other side. And again, I'm going to focus on uh, a presentation made by the Economic Policy Institute uh, that they drafted back late 2017 and early 2018. And then I'm going to share with you some of my views. Okay. Again, this is the public policy uh, overview from the Economic Policy Institute. They say the Tax Cut and Job Act of 2017 that was signed into law at the end of 2017 provides a permanent cut in corporate income tax rate, in the corporate income tax rate, from down from about 39% to 21% that will overwhelmingly benefit capital owners and the top 1%. It also includes temporary reductions in the tax rates faced by the richest households and a temporary tax cut for pass-through business owners, a provision that has been marketed as a small business tax but will actually deliver an even higher share of benefit to the top 1% than the corporate tax rates will. And that's because pass-through entities are, partnerships are passed through. And a significant part of partnership uses as a structure are for very well-to-do law firms. Now, you know, I'm not in in a big law firm. I'm in a small law firm. But law firms uh, and some um, medical practitioners engage in this kind of professional partnership such that they're not taxed at the income level. They're taxed when the income is shared and passed through the partnership to the individual partners, the individual lawyers. So that's an example of a pass-through entity using a partnership. Limited liability corporations are also passed through. The Limited Liability Corporation is a family of members, and they're not taxed at the business level. They're, pa- they're taxed when the income is passed through to the members. So they're, they're passed through. Another kind of pass-through is a corporation, but it's a special kind of corporation. It's an S corporation, a subchapter S corporation that has a small number of owners as opposed to a C corporation, which has an unlimited number of owners and lives forever, an S corporation can be a one-member entity, and the taxes are not taxed at the corporate level. They pass through to the members, uh, the um, subchapter S owners. So these are usually well-to-do businesses in the end right, and so the, it passes through to individuals who have, a lot of times, a very high net worth. And so, there, so what the um, Economic Policy Institute is saying, it looks like this 20% tax for business is only going to impact the very highest level of small business and not work its way down to what you and I might consider to be a small business on Main Street, um, the shoe shop, the small grocery store, um, the, um, you know, individual real estate uh, executive. So that's why they're trying to put this into 
um, some kind of context, and that's what I'm trying to do to help you understand it. They go on to say that the Tax Cuts and Job Act also includes some temporary um, cuts that will potentially benefit some low to moderate income families. These benefits, however, are both stingy and temporary, whereas the tax cuts for the largest corporation have no expiration date. President Trump boasts that to dinners, uh, people at his last uh, dinners at Molargo, that he had done a lot to help them get richer. The net effect of the Tax Cuts and Job Acts is clearly regressive as opposed to progressive. So regressive tax means that it impacts um, a, a large group, but the group in the back gets the most, and the large group that's paying the tax gets very little, as opposed to a progressive tax, whereas your income goes up, you pay more taxes. But if you have low income or lower income, you pay lesser taxes. So again, uh, they say the net effect of the tax cut and job tax is clearly regressive, with 83% of the benefits accruing to the top 1% at the time it will be phased in. And in 2027, this corporate tax policy will uh, end up not trickling down to workers in a form that's fast enough to help them get their wages up. And I got to tell you, stepping out of this article, there's been evidence that this will be the case. Um, It appears that corporations have used the initial tax savings to buy back their stock as opposed to making an investment in plant and equipment that would tend to either increase the wages of existing employees or expand the need for more employees. When you buy back corporate stock as opposed to investing in plant and equipment, You are concentrating the ownership of the corporation. Okay, so let me give an example. Say Joe and I own the stock in Selwyn's Corporation. Instead of Selwyn going out and building infrastructure, she's going to use the tax break to buy out Joe, to buy back stock from Joe. That means that now... Selwyn has all of the stock in Selwyn's corporation, and that means that her stock value has increased. That's, that's an issue. Okay, continuing on here. Again, the net effect of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is regressive, and there will not be enough time to, for that money to circulate through the corporation to enhance the income level of wage earners. A wide body of research uh, finds that the benefits of the cuts in corporate income tax accrues overwhelmingly to the owners of the capital instead of to the workers. In turn, capital ownership is extraordinarily concentrated at the top of the income distribution. For example, the top 1% of households owe roughly 40% of all the stock in the stock market including those owned indirectly by 401ks and other savings vehicles. Besides the permanent cut to corporate tax, the Tax Cuts and Job Acts temporarily cut, the temporary cut to individual income taxes includes the pass-through rule that I've already explained. 
businesses that pay no corporate tax but whose owners pay the tax on profits of their individual tax returns when those profits uh, profits are passed through to them. While this is often described as a tax cut for small businesses, the description is misleading. Again, pass-through income is even more concentrated in the upper echelons of income distribution, with 69% of the pass-through income claimed by the richest 1% of households. That means that the lion's share of the benefit from the preferential pass-through rate will go not to the atypical small business that we might find in our neighborhood stores or daycare operators, but instead to hedge fund managers, white shoe law firm partners, and consulting and accounting firms. And notably, almost surely, these companies are the kinds that are owned by our president and his close family members. So my take on all this, I think that bad public policy often, if not always, equals bad law. And what I mean by that is anytime we elect individuals to Congress to act in our stead, to develop sound public policy, and they do it in seven weeks, that is a big red flag. As a result, the Tax Cuts and Job Act has had far too many takeaways from family members, too much advantage for selective sectors of the business community, as I have articulated. It's been well documented that trickle-down economics, even when it's intended and set up in a proper way, does not work. And, you know, democracy only works when all parties have a seat at the table, at the deliberation table, and all views are heard. And I'm just going to sum it up this way. The Tax Cuts and Job Act will, again, cut approximately almost $1.5 trillion in taxes over the next decade. It'll cut those taxes from corporation, pass-through businesses, and people who inherit large estates, because there's a substantial part of it that goes to limit the estate tax. Well, you know what? Taxes are zero-sum game. We have to fund our government, and it collects money to operate our government via our taxes. And if you cut $1.5 trillion from the uh, income streams, it either means that services will have to be cut or other individuals will have to pick up the tab. And I kind of think it's a split between individuals and small families that are going to have to take up the slack on either side of the coin. They're either not going to get the services they need or their taxes will go up. And unfortunately, the Tax Cuts and Job Acts will have the latter, both cases, happening to us. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, In the meantime, I want you to always stay always try to stay on the right side of the law, including the tax law. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. 
Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to SelwynWhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.